everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, back with another exciting episode of the Asheville Food Fans podcast being presented and rebroadcast for you by uh, WPVM 103.7. I can't even get through my own introduction without flubbing the lines. Um, 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains here in lovely Asheville, Western North Carolina. And this morning I am joined by one of my uh, regular co-hosts, Crystal Salinas who is the political reporter for WPVM. How are you, Crystal? I'm doing well, Stu. Uh, This is our second time doing a a morning recording instead of evening. So I'm actually a morning person, so it works great for me. Me too. I used to be a nighttime person, and I do stay up late at night, but I mostly stay up late in a semi-vegetative state in front of YouTube videos. Um, (laughs) So I'm not really productive at night, but I'm super productive in the morning. A little bit of coffee doesn't hurt that situation. So yeah, I think I might, I might actually bring back something I used to do called the morning show. So I'll let you know. Oh, morning okay. show isn't just about food, it's about whatever. Um, but anyways, here we are this morning to talk about food. But since you are the political reporter for WPVM, any hot political topics you want to touch on before we launch into food? Well, there's kind of a big shakeup in the Democratic primary that just happened this past Sunday, um, which is that we had a another person announce their candidacy, and um, her name is Chelsea White. I don't know too much about her other than that, but um, it's you know, it's going to cause a shakeup because the primary's already been going on for almost six months. And I think we sort of thought the field was set and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, for, uh, for any Republicans out there, which I don't know that you have too many of as fans. Everybody, um, eat. everybody has to eat. Um, I interviewed Bruce O'Connell um, this past week. It's on, the, it's on our website and Facebook mm-hmm. page. Um, he is a Republican. I've interviewed all of the Republicans. Um, I have a few more Democrats to go through. So okay. that is pretty much, that was pretty much the big news this week. Okay. And we are talking about, of course, the 2022 election. Um, yes. I'm sorry. Um, I'm talking about North Carolina's 11th congressional district in 2022 seat currently held by Madison Cawthorn. That's right. And our humble little district 11 getting a lot of national attention right now because Madison Cawthorn speaking of food often has his foot in his mouth and is um, uh, saying saying and doing things that end him up in the national news and not not for doing good things for the people the 11th district like he's absentee from our lives except for what we see on the national news of of yeah he doesn't even vote I think he's trying to get some celebrity so he can become a television personality later in life or something like that. And good for him. Go do that now. You're, you're young. You're full of the vim and vigor of life. Go be a television host and let's have a serious person who's dedicated to helping the people of WNC um, in the election. I agree. And, yeah. you know, like I said, for uh, whoever's out there, um, independent, whatever, there are a lot of great candidates on both sides. Um, if you are a Republican, there are uh, sub four other candidates that you can choose from. 
And um, so, sorry, I think a phone call came through. I'm using my cell phone. Um, and so there's a bunch of great choices and there's no reason that anyone has to settle for Madison if they don't like him, even if you are a Republican. That's you right. can primary him out. That's right. And this, this district has traditionally gone back and forth over the decades between Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, in, I, I looked it up and in the past, like the Democrats who were elected were very conservative Democrats. And so let's not make a mistake that occasionally we get this super liberal Democrat representing the 11th district. But there ain't no reason why we've got to have somebody who dis continuously and constantly disrespects the other side. Like he just constantly trolling the other ideological side, which to me is like just us, you know, like we're just people out here. He's this celebrity candidate who likes to use his massive platform to just bully us around and berate us. And it's just not pleasant, you know, like my mom is a liberal and she's like in her eighties and she's worked hard her entire life. And so when Madison Cawthorn disrespects liberals, he's disrespecting my 81 year old mom who's definitely contributed more to society than he has or ever will. Oh yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, so that's, that's my opinion, of course. And the opinions on this show are, are the opinions of the hosts and not of the radio station. Yes. And, and so, um, but yeah, there's some politics and I did say the word mouth. And so we can use it on the food show. <laughs> but now let's talk about food. All right. And, and Crystal, I, it, it's no secret that you are a practicing pescatarian. Yes. Which um, I don't know if you know this, but that is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Um, and because I think that that's, you know, legit for every dietary adherent to be represented on a food show. And Rick and I are just the worst kind of omnivores. And so I thought that there needed some balance to the show and you can provide that. But there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in the vegan and vegetarian world. Um, and let's, first of all, let's, uh, why don't you go ahead and to the best of your knowledge, describe all the atarians that there are. There's vegetarians, pescatarians, et cetera. So if you don't mind, just like kind of give the public some definitions. Well, I mean, most people, when you say vegetarian, it usually means that you're what they call a lacto-ovo vegetarian, meaning that you eat dairy and eggs. Mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah, I mean, people rarely say that. So right. usually if you're vegan, well, if you're vegan, you don't eat any animal products at all. No dairy, no eggs, nothing. Um, some vegans don't even eat honey. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, there are varying levels of strictness there. Um, and then pescatarian is typically means, it certainly means that you eat seafood, but that you do not eat um, any other animals. And it also tends to typically connotate that you eat dairy and eggs. Yes. And I know there's all kinds of other ones, but those are really the most common. Those are the main ones vegetarian by which most people mean octo uh, lacto lacto vegetarian 
vegan, which means no animal products at all, and then pescatarian, which includes seafood, but not anything hooved or no mammals, basically. Right. No, or, or no birds either. No birds either. In fact, yes. I'm, I have a bigger aversion to birds, like to, for eating birds, than I do mammals. It, that's just a personal thing. I've always had a thing about fowl. That you... It grosses me out. They gross you out. Okay. I was like, are you a particular love with birds? No, I just, even when I was, just to like clarify, give a little history of um, my my own diet, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure everyone really wants to know. (laughs) Um, When I was a child, my mom, my parents were having trouble getting me to eat chicken unless it was like ground up into a patty or a nugget. Mm-hmm. But my, if my mom made baked chicken or something, I didn't want to eat it. And so I really didn't eat much chicken most of my life. Then I actually stopped eating all meat when I was 12 and okay. I am 37 now. So um, I didn't start eating seafood again until I was in my 20s. Okay. Um, over time, I, I'm a very adventurous seafood eater, though. Okay. Um, I will eat, you know, anything, oysters, whatever. And okay. uh, by the way, I also do love escargot, which I guess is kind of like, you know, it's a bug, so. It's an invertebrate? So it's like a worm? I don't know. I, I don't have any just- like a slug. I don't have a justification for eating it. I just do. They're good. I like a good escargot. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. Like when they're real good, they're tender and buttery and yeah, literally tons of butter on them and yeah. like a nice garlic sauce. Yeah. Uh, Rendezvous does it really well. Yeah. I think you mentioned that. I still haven't gotten out there to try those. And when they're bad, they're like trying to chew on pencil erasers. They're terrible. Yeah. Well, it's like bad octopus, you know, yeah. bad yeah, octopus well, is the worst. I was going to ask you specifically about octopus. I guess I'm personally having a harder and harder time bringing myself to eat octopus. Yeah, the, the cephalopods, it, it's hard, you know, and I'm, so I'm feeling like that. And even squid and like cuttlefish and all that stuff, they all fall into that category. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, I am probably not going to be eating octopus going forward. But I've eaten plenty of it in the past, so I, you know, I can speak about how bad it can be. <laughs> yeah, um, I can. But yeah, it's actually not we, my favorite food item, anyways. So I can live without it. And same. It's bad. It's awful. You know, mm-hmm. not like, it's very risky. Yeah, it is. When it's good, it can be real good. But there's so many other things in this world that are good that like don't know how to solve a Rubik's cube or whatever. Yeah you know, like, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It sounds like your dietary choices are based um, mostly on like things you just don't want to eat, like birds, and then somewhat on like dietary decisions, like, like starting to eat fish again. It's yeah, it's, it's a mixture. I mean, when I stopped eating meat, I was so young that I didn't have a reason per se. And at the time being vegetarian was still pretty uncommon. Right. And it was just gross. I just have had a lifelong aversion to it. Right. And um, basically, you know, obviously now that I'm older, I have kind of 
retroactively, you know, justified it. I mean, I do have <laughs> concerns. Great. Well, I do have concerns, you know, pr predominantly for the environment. Sure, um, yeah. And the damage that um, animal agriculture has on the environment. And I, th I think that's important, you know, particularly beef being the worst. So, um, you know. So that's, I didn't want to say it, but you basically say it, that it started almost like an ick thing. Like mm -hmm. you had an icky reaction as a child to various forms of meat. And then as an adult, you, you're like, hey, this makes me kind of cool. Yeah, then I became <laughs> cool. Yes. Yeah, that's how it is. I don't, I don't drive a car. I never have. I oh, used nice. to be a freak. Like people would be like, what's wrong with this dude? And now people are like, oh, you have such a small carbon footprint. So it's the same thing. I've been sort of retroactively. Yeah, you went from being a loser to being yeah. a trailblazer. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. Well, that's that's a great sort of background on your history with uh, your with your own diet because people have all kinds of reasons to have diets, and that's why I always accept people's diets. You know, not that it's my place Me to too. accept or reject a diet, but so many people do reject other people's diets, right? Like, oh, oh yeah. And I mean, a lot of people will ask you as a vegetarian if you're offended about what they order at a restaurant no i don't order whatever you want you know i do um, i do personally sometimes not that i'm offending people but i do know that there's an ick factor for for vegetarians and especially vegans i one time bought a packet of ground beef at the food co-op and the cashier picked it up with her thumb and forefinger and i was like <laughs> are, you, are you a vegan and she said yeah i am and i was like i'm sorry so I, I, I just am a person who doesn't like to make other people uncomfortable, you know? So sometimes oh, sure. when I'm chowing down on something really gross and it's all over my face and what, like ribs or whatever, if there was a vegan there, I'd be like feeling, I would feel dis like a disgusting pig myself. You know, I'd be, well, I'm so gross, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that genuinely grosses me out and i would probably go so far as to ask someone not to order it in front of presents is rabbit and rabbit. there's yeah there's a reason for that it's because i was traumatized <laughs> by i was in chicago i used to live there for many years and i was walking with a guy on a date to a restaurant and we saw a rabbit go you know hopping by and like in the wild if you will and we both remarked on how cute it was and when we got to the restaurant um which i believe was a german restaurant um uh, great for but he was a very considerate guy bringing a vegetarian to a german restaurant <laughs> and then when he comes time to order he orders the rabbit but he has to actually go so far as to say i'll have the bunny oh, like yeah. to make me grossed out and yeah. it it grossed me out to the point that i couldn't even eat my food yeah. and so i never forgot that never got over it yeah. please don't eat rabbit with me otherwise don't care at all yeah see that was that was i'm just gonna say that was his toxic masculinity He's a terrible person. There you go. How did I know? And I'll <laughs> eat a rabbit, but you know, I won't, I won't, I wouldn't do that. That sounds, you know, you gotta be sensitive to people. And yeah. rabbit's not my first choice either. Like they are cute. I know that's a terrible, like my, my uncle who was vegetarian one time said, so you need a wild boar because it's ugly. 
And I was like, oh gosh, that's a, that's a good point, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe not. I don't know. They're cute in their own way too. They're tough as nails to eat though. So no, I wouldn't eat a wild boar again. Um, and uh, I guess if it was braised, braise that wild boar and I'll eat that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, I, I watched a YouTube video one time that suggested that octopus, octop, octopi might octopi. be, um, might literally be alien DNA or something. Like they might literally wow. be aliens. And it was, it was a serious video that was posing the question. It wasn't answering the question at all. But there's like some theory and some evidence that they, their DNA might have originated from outer space. And so, wow. Yeah. So then that made me think, gosh, maybe they are like really intelligent. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't well, know. I mean, they it's are. We know that they subject. are. Yeah. Food is a complicated subject, especially when you're eating other creatures and, and you're not like some heartless monster. And, that's just yeah like, i'll have the bunny you know like yeah it's hard it's i, I hard wish that guy scary. could hear this F you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so let, let me just say that uh you had a mission this week which was to eat a no chick sandwich from rocky's hot chicken shack and i saw your post now you you're brave brave person i i did and i went rocky's hot that's what um, i'm saying I figured, okay, well, it's a sandwich, so it's a little easier to deal with than eating a platter of chicken in Rocky's Hot. That might be more than I could handle. Um, but it's funny because when I posted it, some people were like, oh my God, I can't believe I could never eat Rocky's Hot. And then there was like a couple of like tough guys that were like, I don't think it's even hot. Yeah. You always. know, and there's always a couple of those. Yeah, there, there's, and it's always a guy. Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, now, I was so amped for it to be almost inedibly hot that <laughs> it wasn't as hot as I was expecting. But okay. that's, not, not, that's not me saying it wasn't hot. Okay. I was yeah. just ready for, like, anything. I was ready to not be able to eat it. Um, yeah. I actually ordered several sides in case I could not eat the sandwich because planning. I was hungry. Yeah, it's called planning <laughs> ahead. You're a smart person. You're brave yeah. and smart. <laughs> now, I did add slaw to the sandwich, and I feel like that helped a lot. Yes. Well, that's so, so smart. It, it was really good. I mean, for a fake chicken, it was really good. Okay. Um, Dep you know if you love really hot food go for the rockies hot mm -hmm. um if you don't then don't because it is hot it yes. is it is very hot and i did have to use slaw to tamp it down and i might have employed some ranch sauce at times okay there may have there may or may not have some been some ranch involved later. i maybe got the five ounce ranch maybe, on the side perhaps it's hard to say um, yes. Well, I'm glad that you liked the the no chick, uh, the patty itself, because I, mm -hmm. I got it too a couple of weeks ago. I didn't get it Rocky's Hot, but I just got it because I wanted to try it. And um, I thought it was real good. Like I like it. If I was vegetarian, I'd eat, I'd eat this. 
you know. Yeah, it's totally good. It's got a good texture. Yeah. Um, it's not rubbery or anything like that. It's good. Um, I, I agree, not rubbery. It's made out of a product called Quorn, Q-U-O-R-N, which I was already familiar with from my own 10 years as a pescatarian. And uh, I had eaten a lot of corn back in the day. And that's because it has a texture very much like, it's going to sound funny, but very much like a heavily processed chicken breast. Oh, yeah. It's like a, you know, a fried chicken patty from, you know, fast food. You could, you could slip it into school lunch and the kids wouldn't even notice. Totally. Um, so that's great. So a, a double endorsement, me and you both endorsing the no chick chicken sandwich from Rocky's Hot Chicken Shack. And we're both also saying, unless you like your food super hot, don't get it Rocky's hot. Get it just, I just get my food hot from Rocky's. Yeah, unless you're hot. a real tough guy. In real that super case, tough, yeah. You yeah, to show do you up. have a motorcycle? 100% Rocky's hot. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, and then let's um, just uh, talk about, um, Somebody just texted me. I think I'm expecting, I'm expecting a guest and it's a chef, Chef Naomi Mikami uh, uh, from, uh, from Waku Waku Eatery is bringing me some ham katsu. And so nice. she'll be here in just a little bit. So we'll end the show when she gets here. <laughs> That'll All be right. Indicator that the show is over. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but so let's quickly say that Vegan Fest is coming up. And I already covered Vegan Fest pretty extensively with Micah on the food news. But mm -hmm. I just wanted to touch on it with you since I'm wondering if you're planning to go. It's October 3rd, I believe. Yeah, I am planning to go. Okay, cool. It's a big, it's a big festival. It's one of the biggest in the area. And I told um, Micah that, that, you know, vegans make up, well, I didn't go this far with him, but vegans make up something like 2% of the population or maybe five, somewhere in there. But there's, and there's a slightly higher percentage in Asheville, I would guess, just anecdotally. I would. But Vegan Fest is one of the most heavily attended food festivals. And that is because a lot of people are, vegan adjacent that is that their friend um lover uh nephew niece whatever is a vegan and so they go mm -hmm. to vegan fest with that person or they are vegan curious like their doctor may have said to them you got to lay off the double bacon cheeseburgers and eat some vegan food and they are curious and so they want to try a lot of different vegan foods or they're just like like me uh flexitarian which is just another word for omnivore um, you know, I'll eat vegan food if it's good. I'll eat, you know, like, and there's, there's either vegan food or not vegan food in my world. <laughs> like if it's got fish, I don't call it pescatarian food. I just call it, it's not vegan. Um, yeah. and so I'll be going, it, it's going to be a good, good time and some great food happens there and good people. It's a mellow, good time, you know, like vegans themselves are pretty mellow most of the time. Um, well, somebody is going to point out in the comments that Hitler was a vegan. Somebody's going to do it. Like every, oh, yeah. Every time you try to say yeah. vegans are good people, somebody will point I out. Th I think he was actually vegetarian. <laughs> I think the thing, too, about Vegan Fest or an event like that is that even people like myself who are, I'm pescatarian, but I love vegetarian food, and it's a place where you can go and know that you can eat anything that you see. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's, that's cool right. because for me, otherwise I'm always looking for what's the substitutions and et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. It's so it's like, yeah, it's a worry free zone for anybody with almost any dietary restriction. Cause let's say you're lactose intolerant. Yeah. You're vegan exactly. fast, You don't got to worry about it at all. And not that this has anything to do with vegan food, but I guarantee you there are going to be a lot of gluten-free food available. So yeah, it's somebody should just call it dietary restriction fest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Catchy title. <laughs> Very catchy. <laughs> Might not be low fat, though. <laughs> Maybe not. Let's hope not. Fat equals flavor. And I don't care if it comes from coconut oil or a pig. In fact, I'd rather it come from coconut oil from an ethical and a just taste flavor point of view. Coconut oil is delicious and not very healthy. So I'm all into yeah. it. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Chef Naomi should be here any minute, but do you have any hot vegetarian tips for any for the people before we let you go? Like a food item besides the Rockies thing that you really enjoyed or even a home cooking tip or whatever? Um, I would say, I was thinking about this before we got on, um, oddly enough, Barrel House has, I would say, the best just bar food. They use Beyond products. Their okay. burger is great. And they, they do a vegan brat, which uh, it's not vegan, excuse me, a vegetarian brat, okay. which is not that common of a menu item around here. No. And it's really good. It's got sauerkraut and all the things. So I really recommend that. And I don't think a place like that, like a gastropub type place is where you would think um, to get, you know, probably one of the best vegan burgers and brats. Great recommendation. I, I, now I hope that all of your vegetarian recommendations start with the words oddly enough. Because <laughs> I do right. want people to know, like, where are the places? Like, it's so easy to say go to Laughing Seed, which everybody exactly. should, but it's the predominant vegetarian restaurant in town. And then if they're vegan, you say go to Plant, which also people should go to Plant. But it's so easy to just say the vegetarian and vegan places. But yes, a gastro pub. So your friends can have an elk burger, if I'm not mistaken, from exactly house. Well, you have a Beyond Burger which is a great burger great burger. that's and it's it's the pat obviously we know beyond makes good products but barrel house treats it very well that's it's a good ticket. bun you know the toppings are caramelized onions you know yeah the whole nine yards that's oh she's here so okay we should go well thank you for being with me this morning crystal and thanks for all your insights and um we'll talk to you next week if you're available okay all right bye-bye bye all right, everybody, and now uh, it's time for the food news. And for the second week in a row, we have our special food caster, food newscaster, uh, Michael Molinari from Asheville Food Network. And hey, Micah, how are you this week? I'm I'm good. I'm uh, I'm I'm tired, but I'm good, man. How are you? I guess tired but good could describe me now and most of the time. Um, you know. I'm just not used to, uh, you know, my, my, my seven-year-old daughter's in, uh, in second grade now, and my life did not used to start at 6.58 in the morning, but it does now, and I'm still trying to get used to it. Okay, well, it is now 10 a.m., and so you've been, you've been up for hours, bro. 
I'm on Have my I? cup of coffee over here. <laughs> All right, man, let's get right to it with the Asheville food news. What do you got for us this week, Micah? I know that you gathered some tasty items. Yeah, man. Well, uh, hey, uh, hey, Stu, surprise. I'm surprised. Okay, good. One of the AVL's most beloved Italian restaurants surprised everyone this past Wednesday by opening their brand new South Asheville location in the old Iannucci space on Hendersonville Road. Voted best Italian restaurant 11 years in a row, Vinny's new sister restaurant opened with little to no fanfare as their surprise opening was announced in an Instagram story that featured the new restaurant's classic design and of course, chicken Parmesan. So get down there and get yourself served a hot plate of gabagool. Um, Stu, do you know why most Italians, this is actually kind of serious, um, do you know why most Italians suffer from uh, short-term memory loss? I don't, like. Uh, because they're always telling each other to forget about it. I knew that it wasn't serious the minute you told me it was kind of serious. <laughs> All right, well, that's Vinny's, Vinny's uh, Italiano is, uh, uh, Asheville staple been around for at least three or four hundred years, and absolutely up there on Merriman Ave, famously. And yeah, uh, dude, I we we love Vinny's. I mean, it's a trek for us. We live in South Asheville. Okay. So we we actually make the trek up to North Asheville whenever we can to uh, to enjoy uh, uh, Vinny's. Man, it's uh, some good, just kind of down home Italian, you know. Okay. I'll, I'll have to go back. I haven't been in years, years, really years into years. Oh man. It's uh, it's some good stuff. It reminds me of, you know, back in the old country. <laughs> Where are you from, Micah? Uh, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Um, and uh, I heard this morning actually that Vinny still does bread service. Is that, is that the case? Like you get some free bread at the beginning of your meal? Yeah, yeah, of course. And okay. they, they got some good bread. Dude, their cannolis are fire. They're, uh, they do a gnocchi special once a week, which is also just incredible. Um, their chicken parm is incredible. I mean, we've, we've uh, their meatball. When I went last time, I had, uh, I had their meatball. It was just so like one good. giant just, meatball type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well... Coming from a guy whose last name is Molinari, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna telling take you, this too. as gospel, and I'm gonna have to go back to Vinny's. We we got to make it out, man, and maybe even visit their new South Asheville location. Come down to my hood, dude. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I don't get down to South Asheville much. It's uh, not much yeah, of a hood. You, there's no there's do. no neighborhood to South Asheville, is there? Uh, or am do, I just talking you, smack? When you go to when you go to Wild Ginger, you do. Because it's in the little plaza, it's like a little neighborhood in the plaza. Is that okay? We'll give yeah, you. Yeah, well, I mean, South Asheville. Yeah, it's it's not so much a neighborhood as it's uh, as much as it's just uh, you know rural Asheville. Yeah, it is. It's like rural Asheville with a like a one road that's got tons of stuff on it. Kind of yeah. like actually, now that I'm saying that, it's like West Asheville in a way, dude. Um, it's got we got, Ave, we got a biscuit head. Here. We got a biscuit head now. We got we do. Ziggy's down got here. Set, uh, Twelve bones, don't you? We have a Twelve bones. Uh, the food is good. 
You got an Asheville pizza and brew. We got a Luella's. I'm telling you. There's good food in South Asheville. That's for true. It's happening. But you, you can't, like, from my point of view, you can't walk there. Like, no, no, no. It's not that type of, no. 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 It's, it's, it's like North Asheville in that sense. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. Or exactly. East Asheville. Right. So now we've covered all the points of the compass. We have. Maybe we should move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next news item, Micah? Well, I mean, you know uh, Chef Santiago Vargas, yes? Of course. Chef of course Santi. Yes. Uh, so Asheville's favorite Peruvian chef is back with a new concept. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the name unless, unless you know it. It's Mikasa Nikki. Nikai? Nikai? Nikkei. I think Nikkei. Nikkei. Is it Nikkei? Like, I don't know. Mike, I'm gonna, terrible I'm, at pronouncing I'm, words in my native language. Unless he calls into the show and starts screaming at us, we're going to say Nikkei. We got his name right, at least. Something yeah, we did. It. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a, a new Peruvian-Japanese fusion concept, which is um, actually pretty popular in Peru due to the, uh, the Japanese um, immigrants that kind of came over in the early 1900s. We actually, yep. we actually had a spot like this. Uh, where I used to live, and it is just amazing, amazing food. So with Chef Santiago's spin on it, which I've had, I've, I've eaten at some of his private dinners before. I mean, the guy is just straight fire. It's unbelievable. I agree. Um, what what he can do. Uh, I, I went to his uh, open barbecue, his barbecue concept. Yes. Um, so good. Oh, my God. Just so, so, good. so many things. So do not miss this. Uh, so it's getting a debut uh, Mikasa Nikai, Nikkei is getting a debut as a handful of pop-ups, kind of exclusive intimate pop-ups that's going to be going all around the AVL. One, the first one of which is next week, September 30th, which I'm pretty sure we have. Sony, do we have tickets for that one? <laughs> yes, we do. All righty. <laughs> we have tickets for that one. Um, the, intimate, uh, the intimate event will be held in a private location and tickets are now on sale. So go to... Uh, I'd like to tell you to go to mikasanikai.com, but I have to spell it for you. So how about this? Just go to Chef Santiago Vargas's Instagram uh, for more information and, and give him a like because he posts a lot of uh, great stuff over there. He's great on social media. He's a, he's he is a very enthusiastic guy. One of my favorite chefs. He's always got a lot of exciting stuff going on. Yep. And I, I almost said a swear word right there. And I need to remind you, Micah, that we're not allowed to swear on this podcast. Oh, thank you. Because yeah, I you, just you dropped one last week that I had to beep out in post-production. So I'm, oh. I'm going to send you a bill for my time. <laughs> 25 oh. cents. 25 cents per swear. I dropped one last week? You did. You did. Or no. You know who did? Luis. Luis Serapio dropped one. And oh, I, I was, I was going to say it's very unlike me. Okay, yeah, I dropped one during our segment. So I set myself a check for 25 cents. <laughs> well, that's um, exciting news about Chef Santiago. He was at the Salsa Throwdown on last Saturday, and he was debuting his Mikasa Nikkei stuff and th in the form of three salsas. And they were delicious. Oh, awesome. You know, they were great. Uh, three salsas does not give you a good indication no. of what the food is going to be like. But of course, we've had his food before, and I've I've had some of his Japanese fusion food before, and it's very good. So, looking forward to that. And yeah, like, and they're um they're actually um him and his partner are looking to uh, after this starts as as pop ups all around you know Asheville, 
they're looking to turn this into a restaurant eventually. So that would That's be, um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of that idea. Um, cool. I mean, Chef Santiago would kill it in a restaurant setting. So looking forward to that. I agree. I agree. So here's a, just a yeah. short little quickie. Um, come this October, this yeah. is actually kind of really cool. Asheville Pizza and Brewing on Merriman uh, will be a first run theater. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure about you. I am a huge cinephile. I love going to theaters, going to movies. Um, and I have a huge admission to make, although I have eaten at the Merriman Asheville Pizza and, Asheville Pizza and Brew. I have never seen a movie there. Okay. So, Neither Neither <laughs> so this might be what makes it happen. Okay. Um, it, they're premiering uh, their first first run movie uh, on October 7th, which is the new James Bond, No Time to Die. So do not miss it. Make it out to a new reason to make it out to the Asheville Pizza and Brew on Merriman. Uh, first run movies. Good stuff, man. I love That's them. That's great. And when I first moved to Asheville, you know, I came here to spend time with my young nephews. They were like two and four at the time or something like that. Now they're in yeah. their 20s. But um, they, the whole, my whole family was big, huge fans of the Asheville uh, Pizza and Brewery because of the movie thing. And they would go see movies all the time. And there's like a big game room in the back. It's yeah, definitely, it's so cool. It's one yeah. of the most fun venues in all of Asheville. And they've been showing second run and third run and old school right. movies for right. a dec more than a decade, like easily 20 years. Um, and now they're switching to first run movies and they're still going to keep that price pretty low from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. So it's $10 for non-matinee and seven for matinee. So compared so to cheap. what the, yeah, the big uh, chains are doing, not bad, man. Not bad. All right. Well, that's exciting news, Micah. You got anything else well, I got one. I got one more for you. Okay. Quickie. Yeah. Hit October me. 3rd, Pack Square Park. Vegan Fest is vegan coming back. Vegan Fest. Asheville. Asheville Vegan Fest. Food, clothing, artisan booths showing the best there is in the vegan market. Um, and also, uh, just a little quick shout out this is being pre uh, presented by the Piedmont Farm Animal Refuge. There'll be a DJ, there'll be pop up shops, food. Uh, don't miss hanging out with an entire group of people who are just better than you. <laughs> I fully believe that myself. I personally, I always say I'll eat anything that moves, but I also will eat anything that stands still long enough. And um, so I am not vegan. I at one time was vegetarian, different. And um, I have the most respect for the vegan diet. Oh, I, I absolutely. If I was a better that. person, I would be a vegan. I would. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and, uh, I, I don't ever feel like vegans are calling me a lesser person, although they sometimes are like disgusted, as they should be, mm -hmm. by my eating yeah. habits. But I've never really felt judged by vegans. I just judge myself in comparison to them, right. and I'm like, that should be me. But there's a piece of bacon in front of me, and I didn't have to slaughter the pig myself. Well, um, being as uh, one of my very close friends uh, from the last 15 <laughs> years was vegan, I can assure you that uh, she made sure I knew that she was better than me <laughs> on an almost daily basis. Good. 
And you know what? I tried. No, I, I do have the utmost respect for vegans because I tried myself and it's, it's not yeah. easy. No. And I, I, I actually agree with why most people go vegan. Me too. Um, it's just so hard. Weakness no. is what it it's is. So We're weak, weak individuals, weak. Micah. But I, I want to say that the Asheville Vegan Fest is one of the most fun festivals that we have all year in Asheville. There's a huge turnout, not just of vegans, but of vegans' partners, like the people that live with vegans and are in love with vegans and have children with vegans and stuff like that. So it's a Noah big vegan. festival. What's that? Noah vegan? Yeah, have a vegan friend. You know, and even if you're not a vegan and you just like want to be exposed to that, you know, just that that new life, not not new lifestyle, but a different <laughs> lifestyle than you personally live. Mm -hmm. and you could learn something. You could uh, make a friend. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, and I will say from personal experience at Vegan Fest that the food is real good. Like, oh, I'll buy yes, me some is. vegan food as long as it tastes good, you know? And so, and there's, there's a whole category of people that are flexitarians, you know? Sure. I guess I consider myself a flexitarian in a way because I do eat vegan food, which is just food that doesn't have an animal component. So it's not like created in a laboratory, although some of it is. Um, so, you know, like vegan, be, eating vegan food, I guess, makes me a flexitarian because I also eat animals. But um, yeah, I recommend this festival for every person interested in food, whether you're interested in vegan food or not. Yeah, one awesome. Biggest, one of the most heavily attended, believe it or not. Oh, I, I, I totally believe it. Yeah. Because, you know. Sir, that's, that's the news. All right. Thank you, Micah, for being here. I know you got a life of your own um and i'm well, oh he's looking for it ladies and gentlemen who are watching the video portion of this currently <laughs> looking around for his life of his own but you mentioned a seven-year-old so that must keep you very busy yeah uh, listen um this was fun i'm going back to sleep okay <laughs> all right michael well thanks for the news man we count on you brother have a great thanks, week buddy. bye bye you too bye all right everybody we're back and here we are with my Usual and my longest, longtime co-host, Rick Crillia, the world's greatest eater. Rick, how are you? Doing great, Stu. How about yourself? Doing great, man. And you just got back from a trip. I did. I, I uh, took a few days, went down to Athens, Georgia, where I lived for a long time in the 80s and 90s, and saw a bunch of longtime friends, and that was wonderful. Nice. Ate, li ate a little good food, too. Okay, I was thinking you probably did. And I was hoping you'd talk about some of that Athens food when we do the what'd you eat section. Yeah. And Rick, I don't know if you caught the subtle difference, but the, the where'd you eat, what'd you cook section has now become the what'd you eat section. What? Look at that. That's slick. I like That's, that. It's newspeak. I'm cutting words out of the English language constantly, trimming it down to as few words as possible. It's double plus good. There you go. Efficiency wins. What's that? Efficiency wins. You betcha. I'm, I'm listening to the book 1984 on tape right now. Uh. <laughs> it's a great yeah. fiction novel to read. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a quote. That's a quote from Madison Cawthorn. He said, 1984 is a great fiction novel to read. 
It's like, have you read it? Because <laughs> it, it really is, actually. <laughs> you should read it. Um, anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to do the show. And Rick, let's do the wing thing. Did you eat any wings this week? I did not eat any wings this week. If the people on the radio could see the look of shock registered on my face right now, I think this is the very, no, it's not the very first time. I think it's maybe my second time. Second time, okay. But rare is the occasion that Rick Crillia does not eat some chicken wings during the week. That's seven whole days, people. Seven whole days without wings. Wow. I thought about it a couple of times when I was in Athens, and I just was never at a place that had great wings, so I didn't do it. Well, you got to choose wisely, especially when you're traveling. Yes, exactly. You don't want to eat pointless calories and put things in your stomach. Just for the sake of it, you want to eat the best food available when you're on the road traveling. Indeed, indeed. Well, I did eat some wings, and so I'll cover those briefly, and then we can get to the what you eat section, because you and I also judged another competition together, so I want to sneak that in as well. But um, so I had some wings from Buxton Hall Barbecue, and they were so good that I actually texted you a picture of them while I was- Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Those look so amazing. This is like how you know your true food friends, right? It's like when you get a random text, and it's like a bowl of mac and cheese or something, and- they're just like, I'm at Bowen Beggar, whatever, you know, I don't yeah, know if they totally. have cheese on the menu there. But anyways, um, so I got these chicken wings from Buxton Hall and they were fantastically good in my opinion, like super good. Um, cooked just right. They came right off the bone. They were tiny. They were like real small. And you know, I like the smaller wings and there it's a miniature things in general. And uh <laughs> And the smaller wings usually mean they're uh, organically farm-raised. And I actually don't recall if these were from Joyce Farms or not, but mm-hmm. they had a, a Joycean feel to them, let me just Okay. Say. Yeah. Um, and they were, I believe, I don't ever know for a fact what anybody's process is, but I believe they were smoked and then flash fried to be crispified. And then a nice. bunch of sauce was dumped on top of it. That's actually kind of like my favorite way to have wings, the smoked and then flash fried. It's, I agree. Even if they're going to be buffalo wings, it's still a great way to do it. So. I agree. And these were not battered. You know, I do like some battered wings, but it ain't necessary in my book. And nope. so they were not battered. And the sauce was really good. It was like a mildly spicy barbecue, red barbecue sauce. Uh, plenty of it, Rick. I, I, of course, thought of you because I know you like your your wings nice and saucy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they look delicious. I was just like, I, I showed less the pictures. I was like, look at these. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I wish I was there right now. <laughs> no, you didn't. Rick, you're on vacation with your girlfriend and stuff. You did not wish. You no, were... I was still home. I was still home. Oh, you were still home but, at that point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wish you were with me, man. It was a great yeah. meal all around. So I'll recommend those wings uh, to everybody. And Buxton Hall Barbecue, they seem to be a regular item menu item now. And they have some other menu items that are new. So we can go right into what you eat. And I'll just say I ate other things at Buxton Hall. I ate uh, some brisket and it was really good, especially they threw some burnt ends on there. And I'm not sure if they did that just because it was me or if it was just by chance I was the customer who got them or if they tried to throw some burnt ends at every customer. But the burnt ends were like fantastic, man. 
Uh, and then it came with two sides, which I got the baked beans, which I really, really like at Buxton Hall. They're, they're sweet. They're like a, a goopy, sweet baked bean style, but with chunks of what I'm going to assume is pork in them and um, really chewy yeah. pieces of pork, like real tooth to it. So really good. And then while you can, ladies and gentlemen, try to get out there and get the, um, the watermelon salad at Buxton Hall. It's not always available, it's seasonal, but they just sprinkle some of their barbecue rub, like their dry rub on it, and it's delicious. It's just chunks of watermelon with this barbecue rub on it. Oh man. And it's a, it's a unique side and I really like it because it's seasonal, it comes and goes and stuff like that. Yeah. And Rick, I'm gonna call myself out right now. This is the second time I've used the term ladies and gentlemen, and that, that excludes people who do not identify as either. So I'm gonna try to put a, Put the kibosh on that. So say y'all. Y'all. That's what I do. Y'all is the <laughs> universal, covers everybody. I'm old. It I want to I want to do these things for real. Like I'm not making fun. I'm just, I'm being real. Yeah. Um I'm old though, so it takes me a while to get used to it. So bear with me, everybody. Bear with me, y'all, while I figure it out. Um, so uh, other places I ate, Rick, I went to the Los Tacotes uh, food truck, uh, best tacos in town, according to Luis and um, Luis Serapio, DescubreAsheville.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, howdy, they were real good. I got a beef, an uh, asada taco and a uh, um, pastor. And mm -hmm. particularly the pastor was like so buttery and good and Man, I'd go out of my way to go back there. Of course, I paid zero attention of the drive up there. I went with Jason Sanford. He drove. I looked at the trees go by, and I had deep thoughts, and I have no idea where the truck was. It was, oh, I can say it was parked at the root bar, if people know where that is. I do not. Okay. Yeah. In Asheville? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Like Weaverville, we drove for a little bit. Could have been okay. in Weaverville. I, no, it wasn't in Weaverville. I have, right. I'm, I'm useless, man. <laughs> <laughs> I totally am. Like people ask me, how'd you get there? And I'm like, I, I was in a car, I think. Um, I don't drive, so I don't care. I go yeah. off into my own world when I'm a passenger. Any hoodles. Uh, and then I ate some street corn salad at the AVL taco truck. And that was at the salsa competition. And I had some manicomio pizza and I did what I call catered by kickback where my family wanted to have a get together. My, it was my mother's 81st birthday last week. Uh, happy birthday, mom. And uh, it, the party was at my house. I asked my mom what she wanted. She wanted nothing in this world more than manicomio. And so, and she told me exactly what to order. So I just got on kickback and I ordered all of it to be delivered. I added a few other things and, uh, to have the whole thing delivered i scheduled it so it would show up right when my family right before my family showed up so it was all hot it was steaming hot too like delivered piping hot all on the table ready to rock when the family was there very little work on this guy's part and uh that's the was, best kind of party yeah so i called it catered by kickback and that's a concept yeah. i kind of want to share with the world because uh, i sure did make my life easy um, nice. And the food was great. Manicomio can't be beat for me. It's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Um, also, I ate lunch at Ukiah just today and had that blooming mushroom. <laughs> I'm just going to call it Ooh, that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was 
it's fabulous, man. And I went with my friend, Micah Molinari, who I also recorded the food news with. And uh, Micah said, man, they could put this on a bun and call it a sandwich. And I was like, man, they totally could. It would be like a vegetarian fried chicken sandwich almost. And we started dreaming and scheming and we talked to the manager about it. <laughs> and we were like, you put this on a bun with some fresh baby bok choy leaves, like some, they're nice and silky yeah. when they're baby, instead of the lettuce to try to keep yep. it on target. And then maybe some pickled daikon or something. And then that Tokyo ranch that they serve it with. Oh, yeah. on some sort of a nice bun like man yeah. just imagine that and then you crush it down in there and eat it yeah. so yeah i'm not not satisfied with the world's greatest fried mushroom we now want it to be a sandwich yeah be a southern japanese item there we go they do they are doing the lunch window and i'll tell you what the, the manager's name is chad he's a really nice person like that's the operative word with chad i think in my opinion, like I've, uh, the experiences I've had with him, he's just super nice. So I'm not sure if he was just indulging us by listening to our sandwich right, ideas. Right. But he listened. And he was yeah. like, and I said, daikon radish, pickled daikon. He was like, okay. You know, he seemed like yeah. he was listening. Yeah. So if this thing turns into a sandwich, I want to give credit to my friend Michael, Michael Molinari for being the genius who thought of it. There you go. Right on. <laughs> And then finally, speaking of Japanese food, uh, Chef um, Naomi uh, Mia, oh gosh, I always forget her. I, I know her name right up until the minute I'm about to say it. I think I have it written down. I don't. Let me just say Chef Naomi came over to my house. Mikami, Chef Naomi Mikami. Maka Miyaki? I don't know, Rick. I'm a horrible person. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I knew her name like five minutes ago, but then the pressure's on and yeah. I lose it, you know. Betty right. Hoodles, she's from Waku Waku, Waku Eatery, uh, Japanese mm -hmm. food. And right now she's working out of a commissary kitchen, doing twice a week pickup. And she's kind enough to bring me some of her new items because she wants me to try them and stuff. And today she brought me some ham katsu. Which, did you see the pictures I posted? I haven't seen them yet. Dude, these are the cutest little things. And actually, I recommend them for you if you're still trying to avoid carbs because it is essentially a deep fried ham sandwich with no bread. So okay. it's like sliced ham, just folded and then battered with panko, so gluten-free, mm -hmm. and then deep fried. And some of them have cheese, which are, those are the ones I really recommend, and some of them don't. And they're... You know, like we have these certain concepts of Japanese food that may not include a deep fried ham and cheese sandwich, you know, right, but right. that's exactly what this it's is. It's almost like street food or something. You it, know, it's like exactly you see some, some of the street food videos from Asia, like it, it'll be stuff like just what you described. So, yeah. yeah. So it was delicious. I would eat one, of, especially the ones with cheese. I would eat one every day for breakfast if it was in front of me. Like it's the type of thing where I'm just like, where has this been my whole life? <laughs> so I recommend them. She has them on the menu frequently, if not always, I'm not sure, but they're delicious. And I recommend them. She also brought me something called, um, what was it? Uh, called Isobe Agi. Isobe Agi. 
and it's a fish cake, but it's not like a crab cake or anything like that. It's a fairly solid thing, almost like, this is gonna sound trashy, but it's the only comparison I can make texture wise. You know when you have fake uh, crab legs and they're made out of monkfish that are all mm -hmm. pressed together? It's yeah. that kind of a texture. Okay. If you've ever had that, which I actually yeah. like that. Like just don't crab call with it a crab K. meat and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Call it monkfish and I'll eat it all day. It's delicious, you know, sweet and stuff. But this isn't monkfish and I'm not sure what kind of, oh wait, it does say, I think, ch ch chikua fish cake. I'm not sure what a chikua is, but um, and it comes with a little sea, uh, like a noodle salad called koniaka, koniaku, koniaku. And that was quite delicious, very delicious. So all of it was great. She also brought me some mochi balls that I haven't eaten yet because uh, I'm not ready for something sweet yet. But um, they, she said they're traditional in that around the equinox, I didn't know this, around the equinox, it's traditional to eat these big mochi balls, uh, the summer and fall. Oh, I've heard that actually, yeah. Yeah, she said they eat them all year round, but they go crazy for them around the equinox, so. yeah. I remember that when I lived in Seattle. That was, and, yeah. And Rick, the weird, the, I, I almost said weird because it was unexpected, but the most unexpected thing happened where the chef mentioned that she plays a musical instrument mm -hmm. and she gestured to her car when she mentioned the instrument. And I said, do you have it in your car? And she said, yeah. And I was like, can I see it? And she was like, sure. And I thought it was going to be like the size of a ukulele or a violin or like something small that she would have like in the back seat of her car. This thing was six feet long and it's like this 700 year old instrument that she plays like a classical, it was invented in China, but it's all over Asia now. It's called a, a um, Koto, K-O-T-O. -O. Mm -hmm. And it took some assembly. Like she had to like assemble, she busted it out, assembled it and played me a two minute song. Is it a string instrument? Yes. And with, okay. She wore picks on several of her fingers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And man, I was mind blown by this like happening in my dining room. Like with, she brings me some food, busts yeah. out this ancient instrument. And Dinner and a show. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and always when I meet with her, and this is like the third time she's met with me and dropped off some food. Always a lesson in Japanese culture for me and Japanese oh, traditions and stuff, which she really wants me to pass along to people. Um, so I, it was wonderful. She plays this instrument and, you know, I asked her, do you play gigs? And she was like, yeah, I play gigs. And she's got some links to some videos that I shared on my Facebook page. And I videotaped the entire two minute song. So it's available to watch on my Facebook page. Wow. Okay. I'll and, check it out. Yeah, please do. All right, Rick. So that was my epic journey uh, of where I ate and what I ate. How about All you? All right. Where, yeah, let's talk about it. it. So uh, um, uh, start going back to last Thursday. Uh, went to Avenue M for a celebratory dinner. Nice. Had a wonderful, wonderful meal. I had the, uh, we started with the appetizer. We got their hillbilly caviar, which is amazing they make their own salt and vinegar chips mm -hmm. and then they bring you four ramekins one is um creme fraiche another is chives another is pickled ramps and then the last one is trout roe or 
eggs, caviar, mm -hmm. from sunburst trout farms. Oh, okay. And so you just like chip. I did chip the cream fresh, the and then everything else. And man, it was so amazing. Like I, I that was my actually my favorite thing. Like really? it was it was unbelievable. And I just checked their menu and they've taken it off okay. in in a week now. So I guess it was at the end of the run. Uh, for, Lucky for, but yeah, it was it was fantastic. And the we the we had a wonderful server named Jesse, and he told us. Like it's one of their most popular apps. So I don't know if it's a temporary off the menu or what, but uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Well, we what had happened to Sunburst farm, Child Farms? They lost. That's what I was wondering too. So yeah, it might be uh, hard to come by the row. It might be come as expensive as real caviar, right? Right. Yeah. So, but it was delicious. And then um, we each had a pasta dish. Les had the, I think it's called annulati. It was a corn yes. annulati, corn stuffed dumplings. Um, and uh, boy, that was delicious. Annulati means envelope. Oh, there you go. There you go. I just learned that yesterday. <laughs> right on. And then I had the cavatelli, which is a, um, so it's a uh, pasta with red sauce. And then we, I got it with sausage and um, they sprinkle crumbled pork rinds on top of it. And it is fabulous. Okay. So we had a wonderful, wonderful meal there. That's and then, Chef Andrew McLeod up there at Avenue. Yeah. And he was out, he was out that night. I think he was coaching soccer or something, but uh, uh, I did meet Tony Creed, one of the owners okay. and uh, he's super nice yes. and was, was wonderful. So, and they're doing a great job with, you know, maintaining space between tables. We actually ate inside. They have big 30 foot ceilings with fans. And so I felt very safe in there. So that was good great space there and um and even when andrew's not in the kitchen he has a wonderful supporting kitchen staff right now like some of the stars of our culinary scene are working in some of the unsung stars that may not be right out front in terms of people's knowledge of who's cooking in this town but people that have cooked in some of the best restaurants, including Ox Bar and Sovereign Remedies and stuff like that, so. Wow, yeah, it yeah. showed. I mean, it was fantastic food, so. I'm that was my to... second time eating there, so. Uh, okay, well, really great, great, Rick, because I'm trying to push Avenue M as a destination. Oh, magic word for the people of Asheville, parking. Plenty of parking. Don't gotta yes. worry about it. Plenty of parking. And there's a liquor store right next door if you need to pick up your boom. booze. So, boom. boom, there you go. Um, let's see where else. Uh, Avenue M. Uh, oh, and then um, you mentioned the food truck at the salsa festival. Uh huh. Uh, I also ate from there. I had uh, a bowl. I can't. I think it was like a Baja bowl or something like this, and it was very good. I, I got it with uh, with uh, chicken, and uh, it was very scrumptious and delicious. Um, good. And then uh, and then no more local meals until. I got back this afternoon. Um, I uh, <laughs> I saw on on Facebook this morning um, our friend Chef Jamie Wade at Sandhill Kitchen. Her special today was a hot Italian sub, and you know me, I love a hot Italian sub. So I was like, I'm still on vacation. I'm going to have a hot Italian sub, and so uh, I uh, texted my girlfriend and asked her to order one. Uh huh. And have it ready for 135 because that's when I thought I would be there. I was on the road. I was in South Carolina when I called her. And so 
at 136, I pick up my sandwich <laughs> from Jamie, and it was wonderful. I took you it were, home. You were there was, at 136? You were a minute. Yeah, I was within a time. minute of my, I couldn't believe it. I was just like. That's fantastic. So, yeah. Wait, uh, remind me to hire you to navigate the next time I go anywhere. There you go. And drive. And drive. Yeah. <laughs> That's a given. Yeah. And so by hire, that, I don't mean money. There's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the sandwich had like big, thick chunks of ham, nice. like like sliced baked ham that had okay. been griddled, you different. know, like browned a little bit, and then of course some Italian cured hams, meats, and cheese, and and pepperoncini. Oh, it was wonderful. It was. It was Did it have shredded like, lettuce? It it had lettuce. It wasn't shredded. It was more. It was chopped uh, like um, smaller organic greens, like if you were going to get a mixed green, but uh, it it totally worked. Like it totally worked. And it had oil and vinegar and it was just so freaking good. Sounds like a classic with Jamie's touch. Like the thing cut ham is definitely not standard. So no, it it, it was like, it was so good. It was hot. The bread was crusty. Sandhill super fan Rick Krillia. That's how I'm going to introduce you from now on. Yeah, and I it's scored a world's uh, greatest eater. It's super fan. Um, anywhere else? Oh, t- tell us about where you ate down in um in Athens. Yeah, Athens. so yeah. yeah, so um, I ate at <clears throat> one of my old favorites. Uh, if people have been to Athens and spent any time there, they've probably eaten at the Palmas, okay. one of the uh, <clears throat> oldest restaurants and definitely the oldest Italian restaurant there. Um, and they have great food and I went to the one on the east side with my buddy Pete and uh, I got the uh, pasta de palma which is a, uh, is a linguine um, with some veggies mushrooms uh, and a rosemary cream sauce and nice. it's kind of its own thing like I've never had that kind of dish anywhere before like the flavors and uh, it was fantastic and I got a little side Caesar salad with it everybody was happy nice lunch dish um and then uh ate some meals with with uh friend, friends at home but then also um i, I did uh last night for dinner i, I met some uh, old friends at a new restaurant across from the 40 watt 40 watt being the famous uh music venue there okay uh, and uh it's called tom's most best tom's most best yeah Okay, and it's a, a and it's it's like an old garage that's been converted into a dining space, and they actually have some covered outdoor seating, which is where we were. And then it's a lot of personal sized pizzas, strombolis, uh, paninis, sandwiches, salads, um, just fantastic food, fantastic okay. food. My friends got pizzas, I got a sandwich. And uh, we had some beers. I had some local beers from uh, um, Creature Comforts, which is a local brewery in Athens. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. It was just a beautiful space. Lights in the trees, you know, kind of yeah. like, like super. That. Yeah, really, really yeah. great. So glad to see stuff like that. This part of Athens, when I lived there 25 years ago, 20 years ago, um, was pretty. Like there wasn't much there. Like I think this building was there, but it was nothing was in it like it was abandoned right so somebody's uh and somebody told me that they think maybe it's the um at least one of the people that opened tom's most best is also affiliated with the founding of the grit which is the 
probably the most famous vegetarian restaurant in the in Athens, and uh, used to be uh, part of. Uh, I think Michael Stipe was affiliated with it too. So. Oh yeah, I think I've heard. Old of school. Yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. great restaurant. So yeah, so that was. Those are the two restaurants I went to of note, and uh, yeah, fantastic time. All um, right. And then, of course, the trip back and the surgical uh, run by Sand Hill Kitchen. That was fantastic. I was like, this is great. I'm like, I'm not even home. She's like, are you still, like, have you been home yet? I was like, nope. <laughs> I am on, on my way home. So. Uh, and Rick, why don't you just repeat the name of, names of those two restaurants in Athens for the... Uh, De Palma's, original De Palma's, and um, uh, Tom's Most Best. Okay. I love it. We're, try, we're trying to get that national audience, Rick. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. And my friends in Athens probably watch this every once in a while. So there you go. Terrific. Um, all right, Rick. Let's talk about you and I judged another competition now. Yes, we did. Last time we talked on the radio together, we had judged the barbecue competition. And come to find out, I didn't know it at the time, that those were all home chefs. Like, I didn't know that right. at the time. No, no restaurants, yeah. No restaurants. And you know what? The food was fantastic. Food was excellent. Yeah. yeah. Some of the best brisket, in fact. And the wings. The wings were The real. wings. Those and jerk wings. The pictures of the wings. I was like, yeah, those are real good. Um, and uh, somebody served us a deep fried Oreo. Yes, they did. And that was, I mean, it's not something I want to eat more than once a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like going to the fair. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah um heavy duty but so delicious um yeah. and so but then you and i were invited and in fact crystal was there too it was like team food fan was represented yeah. at the bring your heat Asheville hot sauce competition now rick tell us all about it well it was uh it was the first first uh bring your heat and uh, sponsored by Descubre Asheville, our friend Luis. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to say there was maybe 16 vendors or contestants, something like that. 12? 12. 12, okay. I think it was yeah. supposed to be 14 and two were unable to make two, it. Two did make it, but, yeah, but uh, it was held at... Hot. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And uh, uh, it was held at Rabbit Rabbit down on, uh, um, was it on, Co is it on Cox? Yep. Or, yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and it's a wonderful little venue. It's my first time going there. And uh, outdoor tables and big screen. I think they had the uh, Alabama game on or something like that. Not Sorry. that I was watching it, but, um, yeah. and then uh, they have some concessions. But yeah, so there were 12 vendors and, uh, uh we as judges we were given some sheets we had to judge on um, some categories of i think it was uh hot uh, how hot it was how intense it was how flavorful flavor, how yeah. flavorful it was and, and overall, then overall yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and uh you know and i certainly you know the uh i'll let you talk more about who won and stuff like that but um it was a uh, it was a slog at some point. <laughs> to get not to because not because it wasn't fun. No, was I got to meet like so many people and uh, some chefs and some you know. I finally met Meg Chamberlain from oh, uh, Fermenti. I've never met her, and she was wonderful. I had a great time. Meg's talking a to her. great person, like yeah. just the best kind of person, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, and then Chef May and uh, yeah. um, Shane Casto, Chef Papa Locks. Yeah. And man, let's talk about that guy's sauce at some point because. Let's talk about it now, man. Some of the sauces. Now, a hot sauce competition, judging those, I'm just going to say to the general public, it's no joke. It's like if you're a member of the public and you go to one, you just be like, my mouth is hot. I think I'll go home. But if you're a judge, you got to keep going, man. And so some of the sauces were really, really hot. And Chef Papa Locks, Shane Casto, his, what was it called? Fire? Peppa. Peppa. He had Faya, Peppa, and Jerk, I think. Yeah. And the Peppa, holy moly, man, my eyes were running. My face was on fire. It was I was wondering if we were going to have to call EMTs for you. Dude, <laughs> Do a chemical I'm, wash with spray bottle or something like yeah, absolutely. I, I'm almost of 100% pure Northern European extract, and I'm <laughs> an engineered this, to take the kind of pepper heat. I'll do it, and I'll eat hot food, and I like spicy food, right? But yeah, yeah, it was brutal, and I'm not the yeah. only one who felt that way. I mean, like it, yeah. it was brutal. Chef uh, Paul um, Crescent was there too, and. Yeah, he he said that that he was crying for twenty minutes after it, trying that yeah. Shane Casto sauce. Yeah, it it blew me up too, and so I bought two bottles. <laughs> yeah, so. you're insane. <laughs> it would take you might get one years. for Christmas. That's maybe. That's oh my gosh! Don't do it. Man. <laughs> years to go through a bottle of that. Hot <laughs> but no, he put uh, so that's the one that had it was I think it was Scotch bonnet peppers. Yeah, and uh, uh, Trinidad scorpion peppers. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. So and then but, uh, I don't know yeah. how you felt, but I thought that um was it Sydney's salsas and hot sauces? Mm -hmm. He had uh, and this is another thing is that people should know that there were multiple sauces at each table. So yes. most of the contestants had three sauces for us to try. One had five or six, and yeah. one had two. Um yeah. and so there was a lot of hot sauce. And um <laughs> so Sydney had a, a mild, a quote unquote mild, a medium, and then a hot. And I thought that the hot was very hot. And I had it on a chip, and I had like three sizable dips. And it was it was chunky, more like a salsa, right? Yeah, it was yeah. definitely a salsa, and, yeah. and it was fantastic. So I'm glad you liked it, man. It was yeah. his medium. Uh, he's it. Uh, it is carried or used by Nine Mile in oh, addition okay. to their own salsas. All right. so, and Nine Mile was there as they well. Were. So, yeah. so. And, uh, and Meg Chamberlain from Fermente had a very unique salsa that is fermented. Yeah, it was delicious. It has an effervescence to it that it's, it's not, <coughs> excuse me, it's not a hot spicy kick. It's this crazy sort of effervescent fermenty type of yeah, it dances on your tongue. Dances so. on your tongue. I like that. I like that. It's like uh, it. It's like going to see Stomp. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then there was a strangely there was a a vendor there called Doc Helms apostrophe. Oh yeah. L M apostrophe S. That is my last name. 
Helm. And so I walked up to them and I was like, is Helm your last name? And they were like, no, it's just apparently some made up random thing. But they had some very unique sauces, especially they had one that was heavy and had a crazy flavor, almost like a, a licorice type of a flavor. And it was black because it was flavored with squid ink. Yes. And it had a name that I can't say on the radio. Yes, the something of Cthulhu. The something of Cthulhu. And I bought a bottle of that. Uh, so. a good, good call on that one, because that yeah. was, I wish there had been a, ca a category like the most unique or the most creative or something, because that one probably would have won in my book for that. And the flavor was wildly unique, in my opinion. Yeah, it was a very complex flavor palette. And I, I, I talked to him for a while about that. I was like, this is a really great sauce. Like, yeah, like uh, other than the obvious, you know, the black and the name and all that. I'm like, this is a really nice sauce. And he was like, oh, thank you. So yeah, yeah, he was humble. And apparently their whole shtick grew out of some non-governmental organization that helped people with addiction or something like yep. that. Yeah, yep. so, um, so, so look, look for Doc Helms sauces. Now I would, Small suggestion, take it or leave it. Uh, drop the first word of that name and that sauce will become very popular. Just call it like Cthulhu sauce or something, you know? Yes, yeah. Because I actually didn't notice that that was the name right away because that word was <laughs> small. I wasn't wearing my glasses. And I, I thought, so I thought it was just called Cthulhu. And then when I saw the name, I was like, oh, it's making me feel yeah. a little ill. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. And now people are going to be dying to know what that word is. Yeah. Um, and then the, let's talk about the winner. The winner was uh, Chef May from Thai Pearl. Yep. Yeah. And what a nice person, Chef May. Oh, wonderful. What a fantastic chef. Her savory Thai food is fantastic. And then these sauces were just like they were – I think they hit all the nails on the head. I think that's really what it was. Yeah. Texture, color, they looked delicious. They were oily. Um, they weren't watery. Yeah. Um, and they were mild, medium, and spicy. And I found, but the spicy didn't go Thai spicy. I was, I was actually the most worried about eating hers. I right, I was too. Yeah, and then, and then I had Shane's, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, yeah, yeah this is nothing. Yeah, this is so, nothing. Yeah. but I, I will say that I do not think that she brought her like Thai spice. I think she could have made it a lot hotter. I think and, she intentionally dialed it down for the competition. And but I I think by not doing that, the flavors really sh shined. You know, it was I it agree. was it was really really great stuff. Like. Definitely, uh, definitely my top pick as well. So, it it was your number one pick. Yeah. Now it won like the there was, as far as I could tell, there was a people's vote and a judges vote, and I'm not sure if they were just lumped together to name her the best or if she won in both categories or what. Yeah. But um, my and I'm I'm totally behind the fact that she won. Like that's great. But my personal favorite sauce, like my number one favorite sauce, was the coconut pepper sauce from chef patty from pupusaria patty oh okay it was it had a wonderful texture that was just like a thick sauce um 
not like a thin hot sauce, not like a chunky salsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, that was a good sauce. That was a good sauce. So just had that unique coconut flavor to it, and it was a bright red pepper sauce. So it's that was her curry point. entry, I think. You know. Oh, was it okay? Because remember, there was supposedly salsa curry hot sauce or something like that, and so. Yeah, that was confusing to almost everybody. Like, what? <laughs> salsa curry and hot sauce? Yeah. And here's the reason for that. I happen to know from talking to Luis about it, that in in the Mexican mind, there's no difference between the word salsa and the concept of hot sauce. Right. They're right. interchangeable. In the Amer in the American mind, I think in my mind anyways, and most of the people I know, salsa is chunky, hot sauce is thin. Exactly. Um, but for Luis, they're interchangeable. So, and then when he wants to always do everything multicultural, so curry is a wide concept that can refer to a whole menu of food, dishes and stuff, or just the spices themselves. Sure. And so he's just using that as another way to say hot sauce. So really it was a hot sauce competition, mm -hmm. but he wanted to make sure that everybody felt included. Yeah, and I, and I think that was a, you saw it with like, uh, like Shane's jerk sauce and, and then Chef May's cur dry curry. Yeah. And there, um, the, uh, there were a couple other curry sauces and I, and I thought those are great because they, you know, they, curries typically have a different, different flavor profile than uh, just like a salsa. Yeah, so it was it was great. It was I, I thought it was I thought Luis and Discovery Asheville knocked it out of the park. I thought it was a really great event. So I, I agree, knocked it out of the park. And he organized that thing, Rick, in about two weeks. Yeah, that's what he said. He was I when I got there, I was like, You need help with anything? He's like, No, I think I'm okay now, but man, that could have used you for the last two weeks. <laughs> I told him, man, I was like, Man, I I plan my events three months out. I, I started leaking tidbits and teasers three months out. I start promoting hardcore two months out. I start dialing it all in a month out. And by the time the event comes, I'm usually, everything's just ducky, you know? Yeah. But, and I told him like plan it two months out at least. Next thing I know it's scheduled two weeks from our discussion. And I was like, all right, man, let's. Well, he's probably trying to catch the end of summer too, you know, while people are going out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he did and a great it was job. Not a failure by any means. I mean, the no. future and doing something in two weeks is nobody shows up. Right? right. But he. There are plenty of people. Plenty yeah. of people. And one of the things is Rabbit. Rabbit itself attracts people. So there were lots of people wandering in that didn't know that it was happening. Yeah. It's a good location. So great for that. For that yeah. very reason, like I would consider using it for other um, food competition events that you that are free to to enter, and that way just random people were coming in and man, a couple young couple walked up to Luis to hand in their uh, voting form. And they said, this is the most fun we've had all year. And I, I know as somebody, yeah. Right. Like as somebody who organizes events, fuck, oh, I almost said a swear word there. That is a gold nugget. Yeah. That, that justifies all the work. Like it's, yes. yeah. And it only takes one, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, really. Yeah. And he had multiple, multiple people coming up telling him what a great event it was. Yeah. And all the and I believe this was his first event that he's like ever done. So, yeah. yeah. So, he's good job, Luis. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be teaming up with Luis to do a, and with Shea Brown, like, a, like that's a good team up, the three of us. There you go. We're going to do a taco event in, um, 
in March. At the Masonic Temple? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, gonna be great. Gonna be wild, Rick. Gonna be a wild time. <laughs> Always. Oh, wait, that's what they said about January 6th. It's not gonna be that wild. No, not that wild. <laughs> not 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 felony inducing wild. No. So. Please don't try to get into the Masonic Temple by smashing through the windows of <laughs> an American flagpole. The doors will be wide open, just ten dollars, just walk, just pay up your ten yeah. and come in. Um all right, Rick. Uh thanks again and everybody thanks for listening and uh thank you WPVM 103.7 for hosting. Yeah, thank you, Stu. See you, everybody. Right.